Hello and welcome. I'm Jules B., your host of Behind the Labels, a label-free podcast premium production. Go with me behind the scenes as I dive into the lives of our guests. Each episode will feature unconventional questions that invoke joy, sorrow, and sometimes silence. Come on in, take a seat, and let's start this conversation. Welcome, welcome to Behind the Label, the label-free podcast production. So you and I will have a conversation today, and you do have permission to speak freely. Just know that I do speak back, and (laughs) just just know that, all right? And there's no judgment here. So a little bit about what you sent me, and you're, you're more than welcome to add to this, that you are a content creator, you're an author, you are a creative uh, activist, you're a producer, and you use your art to inspire others and activate social change. You have a topic of breaking labels, and you said you are a public femme transgender guy in your 40s in America, breaking free of rigid binary gender labels that's become the forefront of your existence. You create content daily on TikTok to help guide other trans folks, as you said, especially male to female, I mean, female to male transitions on how to break free and be authentically themselves. So I, that's in a nutshell because you have a lot that you've done. What would you like to add to that, Kate? Oh, gosh. You know, um, I think a lot of people ask, well, what do you create? And I'm currently writing my very first a young adult novel that has a main trans man lead, which is actually very rare. In fact, I spoke to several editors who said I've never seen a fantasy novel with a trans male lead. And I was like, great, I'm doing it. And the whole entire uh, cast is queer. And so that's one of the things that I'm currently creating. But as I produce my show, I am also the booking producer. I'm not the host. My friend is a host. And uh, I'm the booking producer, and I just try to book as many people as possible just to have as much inclusivity to all of the different areas of the globe and all of the different peoples and cultures and sexualities. And so that's just one of the ways that I help give back. Even if I'm not on the show, I get to book people and let them share their voices, which I think is really important. And obviously, that's what you're doing right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple questions for you. So how did you choose your name? How did that come about? Oh, I love that question. Um, I won't give my original that name. No, I'm not asking your original. No, I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm asking how did you choose your name? I mean, what what event happened in your life where you said it fits well with who I am and what I'm going to be in the future? Absolutely. Um, and the reason I brought that up is because my original name did begin with a K and did end with an N. And I always liked that because my last name was Meadowpack and it began with an N and ended with a K. And I don't know, there was some strange cadence there where it was K-N-N-K. And so I thought, is there a name I can come up with that has meaning to it that still has the letter K? I've got a lot of stuff that has, you know, K written into it. And I thought... Um, I looked into a, a, a lot of names and I'm very big into Celtic mythology and part of my family is Irish and the name Caden, C-A-D-E-N 
is a very popular Irish name, which means warrior. And as soon as I saw that, I thought, yes, that is me. I'm a triple Aries, sun, moon, and Venus Aries. I have so much fire in my chart. Uh, I've always been told I'm a warrior. I literally fight with swords for fun. And so I thought, that is such a great name. And so I changed the spelling. I also love wives and names because I think they're fun. So I changed the spelling. And that's how I came up with Kaden, K-A-E-D-Y-N, because it means warrior. And I okay. thought that was just that was so fitting to me. And I also have bright red hair. So it's just, you know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I saw a picture of you. I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> so... What do you find most of the people that you connect with want their lives to be about? Because it can't just be about transition, you know? Absolutely, yeah. What do most of the people want to be their lives, want their lives to be about? You know, I I would say the majority of the folks right now that I speak with are mostly younger kids, uh, teenagers, people in their 20s, and they are just, stepping out and finding their identity. And that's something I've had many, many, you know, I'm over 40. I've had many years to experiment with that and really find myself and go through a lot of different journeys. And I think these people are really looking for ways that they can be authentic. And they're looking for permission to break out of the binary. And that could mean anyone from trans men to I have a lot of cisgender men coming to me saying, I'm not trans but I want to have longer hair and I feel like that's not okay. Or I really want to wear mascara, but that is not okay in this society. And so it tends to be a lot of people that want to find their femininity or what, you know, what in America we call femininity, it really isn't. But these are things that are generally associated with women. And a lot of people come out and say, I really just want this. There are even women who say, I feel like if I am, more feminine and look more feminine, I'm going to be treated in a different way because of misogyny. And, you know, sometimes that's true. So I feel that a lot of people uh, reach out to me, especially behind the scenes in my DMs and say, you know, thank you so much for being visible because I felt like I needed someone to give me permission to be a little bit more feminine and for that to be okay, because that's something that isn't, again, especially when it comes to men. Well, I mean... My thing is, why do you need permission, though? And, and it's yeah. the question, because most people, when you look at just the history of people, people do what they want to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so why would you need permission to do it? Because nine times out of ten, does that stop that person from doing it? Or is it that they're not necessarily looking for permission as they are a community? where they can, you know, go ahead and do it in such a way where there's not shame. Yeah. Both to them by doing it because I, I'm, you know, I learned a long time ago, people do what they want to do. They, they really do. And even if it's something that they haven't thought it through, they'll suffer the backlash, you know, later. So is it permission that they're looking for or is it community? You know, I think it's a little bit of both. I do think there are a lot of people out there who are afraid to be out. And it's not that they're looking for permission as much as they, if they see somebody who is highly visible doing the thing they want to do, it, it makes them feel like it's okay. Like, okay. Like, for example, I get told this a lot. Like, I am the person 
that will unabashedly step out and do whatever I want to do. But that's not in everybody's personality. A lot of people don't feel safe, especially right now being transgender in America. A lot of people don't feel safe because there is so much political backlash and there is so much violence, especially in certain states. So I feel when people uh, see me stepping out there, it's not that they get permission as much as they feel like, okay, well, that person did it and I see that they're safe. And I see that they are finding joy in stepping out and being themselves. Mm -hmm. That's the joy that I want. That's what they're saying. This is the joy that I want. I think I'm going to be brave and do it now. It's almost like when you're you're swimming with your friends at the local pool and there's a big cliff you can jump off in the water and it's, you know, it's perfectly safe, but it takes that one person to jump off the cliff for everybody to say, okay, like, I think I can do it. I think I'm going to get the nerve or to go bungee jumping or skydiving or, you know, whatever it is. I think there are a lot of people um, like maybe you and me who are brave enough to step out and just be the first person to do it. But there are others that are looking for that person so that they can say, okay, they did it. Now I feel that I can do that too. And, and, but it still goes back to permission then. If that's the if that's the case, if you're waiting yeah. for someone else to do it, yeah. And you you said something about you know trans person not being safe. Um, I have a I have a godchild who is a trans uh, who yeah. who's living their lives as a trans woman, and we talk about the safety of what it is that my godchild is doing, and. It makes me wonder why, you know, it's not safe. Now, understand what I'm about to say. Mm -hmm. When, because the culture is totally different than it used to be. When I was growing up, I had an extra neighbor who was a trans woman. So we're talking about 50 plus years ago. So being a trans person isn't new to me. And a lot of people may not have experienced that, but I experienced it growing up. Several neighbors, yeah, as trans. I think the culture is the expectancy is different than it is now, based off of then. Then they just wanted to live their lives, and they did. Okay, now they want to be heard, and I'm wondering if that's the difference. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't be heard, Caden. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's the difference that they're now louder louder about it or because I see, I, I just know too many people who are living their lives as trans persons. Yeah. And I, I wonder, does the, does the violence come from the fact that, that they're out and loud about it? Or could it be something even deeper? Could it be something that um, maybe they're not telling everything that they should be telling? Yeah. And maybe maybe it's a matter. So when we talk about, for instance, anything, I think that it has to go beyond the final act of the killing. What led up to that? And nobody's talking about what's leading up to it. We're only yeah. talking about the fact that there there's killing going on. What's yeah. leading up to that? Because nobody knows that answer. 
You know, uh, you know, I, I, I can't say that I know the answer, but I think there's a number of things that I've, I've witnessed that, again, like I'm maybe not the sale and I'll be all, but what I have witnessed, uh, a number of things here. First of all, um, it really got much more violent when politicians decided that they were going to start controlling trans bodies by ending gender. Gender affirming care has been available since 2012. Obviously, prior to that, it was not covered by insurance. It was very expensive. You know, you had, there was just a lot that went into it. But we'll just speak about post-2012. It, you know, insurances were covering it. People were getting it done. Uh, this is not a new thing that's been happening. Like you said, you know a trans woman from 50-some years ago. But politicians, yeah, politicians, especially when after Trump was elected, they came out of the woodwork and began going after everything that they could. That's women's rights, that's queer rights, gay marriage, and that's trans. So we're in a group of people uh, who are all getting their rights stripped away because of conservatives. So they are the ones that are promoting it more in the media than trans people. You know, trans people didn't just suddenly come out and go, okay, we're here, we're going to march on, you know, march on America. It was because the rights started getting stripped away and people were upset and now and this is a misconception as people are like oh you're shoving it in our face it's like actually no people are fighting back the same way that women got upset when roe versus wade got overturned they had this opportunity for many many years and suddenly it got taken away from them of course they're going to speak up and be upset nobody's like throwing it in their face so i think that that's a huge part of it is the politicians and the media brought it, it to the surface but I will also say that what I've experienced is that the non-binary movement stepped forward recently post-pandemic and it, what it brought with um, is that a, a lot of trans folks prior to that were very interested in being part of the binary like I'm a trans woman I'm going to look female and I'm going to do what I can to pass as a female passing is a big word we use so you know had I come out as trans many years ago the expectation would be that I would pass as a cisgender man and that I could go about and nobody would know that I was trans so this was a lot of people back in the day to stay safe to step forward and step out there were very focused on passing but when the non-binary movement happened it opened up a whole plethora of gender non-conforming styles and that doesn't just include trans people. That includes men that are like, hey, I want to wear skirts now. And other men think that's not okay. Obviously, women for a very long time fought hard to be able to wear pants and to look more masculine. But that in itself, many, many years ago, was a huge movement. I mean, I think it was like the 1900s, uh, 1970, I don't know, something ridiculous like that, where women in France were not even allowed to wear pants. And there are culture and there are laws being passed now, for example, where there's trans laws that say like you can't graduate high school or you can't participate in the ceremony in some state unless you wear gender conforming clothes. And there were certain girls who got pulled off stage and were not allowed to participate because they were not in dresses, they were wearing pants, which is kind of ridiculous to me. But I think that these two things together, a huge movement to be gender non-conforming is actually the deeper cause um, because if people don't pass as binary man and woman, that's when people start having issues. 
How dare women have short hair? How dare women not have boobs? How dare wet men wear skirts? And a lot of it has to do with femininity in men, to be honest with you. I think that's why trans women get a lot more flack than trans guys, because that's a big no-no in our society. Men are trying very hard to make sure that none of them come out in any feminine way. But I do think that the bigger aspect of it is that politicians have brought that to light. And you'll see that that's why most politicians go after trans women. They will go after drag queens. They will go after men who are non-gender conforming as opposed to women who are non-gender conforming or trans guys, because that is the bigger push that they're trying to sell. Like, we can't get masculinity because if they lose a hold on masculinity, they lose a hold on misogyny. They lose a hold on being able to control people based on what they look like. Um, you know, and, and again, that really goes back to like being um, non-gender conforming. So those are the two things I think are really pushing this. And trans people, queer people, women, um, you know, BIPOC, like everybody is now speaking. Racism is a huge part of that too. Everyone is now coming up and speaking up and saying, oh no, like we're not going backwards here. And I think that's why it sounds loud right now. I don't see racism as the same. I, I just oh it's not a it's not it's not the same um it is no. part of the conservative effort is, is they are bringing a lot of them are racist that's what i meant it's not at all associated with gender yeah, I don't, it's I don't, a separate thing yeah but but they're bringing that up now as well you it, know um, they can bring it up it's it's not the same i i still no, yeah i still think that you know the the thing is that when you have free will it changes so much. And people don't have to agree with what I'm saying, but free will change it leaves a lot to uh a lot unanswered. Um, you know, as a person who is not trans, you know, I conduct myself a certain way. As a trans person yourself, you conduct yourself a certain way. There are people who are not trans that don't conduct themselves in in a certain way manner that makes you look like why are they acting like that there are certain people who are trans that don't necessarily conduct themselves in the best manner so i still think that you know free will brings about a different type of chaos and i also and and correct me if i'm wrong a lot of these things that are going on women back the, these things and that's the thing that nobody really talks about no, we do. We did in this community. You oh, know, yeah. even though the men may be at the forefront, they may be the ones that we're seeing. There are a lot of women that back what they're doing. Yep. And they're they're doing this not just because they're men, but there are women behind them saying, "Yeah, you do that." So when you talk about, um, you know, my body, when you talk about, for instance, abortion rights. There's a lot of women backing these men that are doing what they're doing. Yeah. So that's why I say, you know, when we talk about the killing of trans people, it goes so much deeper. And it's just kind of hard to put a finger on it because the entire story is not really being told. So, you know, it's just hard to put a finger on anything and and say that it's this one soul. Exactly. Let me ask you this. For right now, what's good enough for you? Ooh, in terms of my personal life, society. I'm not going to you answer it however. You want. 
what's good enough for me? Oh, you know what? I think I would just love to enjoy peace in my life. I would love to be able to walk out and be myself and not have people be like spewing hate all over me. Um, you know, I post videos online and there's a lot of hate there and it's, it's just disruptive to my peace. You know, I, I live in Oregon and I created this beautiful environment for myself and I've got beautiful friends and, you know, I've got, I've, I've done a lot in my life to create a lot of inner peace. And, um, I think what would be good enough for me is to be able to maintain that peace and to be able to step out and be myself and have that peace reflected back to me, um, from people who feel comfortable being themselves, I guess. Yeah, and and, yeah. I, and that's another. Why do we call it hate? Uh, yeah. And I'm not asking you to answer because as a person who puts themselves out in public, yeah, nobody's ever going. You're never going to have a day where everybody agrees with you. Exactly. I I love my mother dearly, but I'll tell you right now, she didn't agree with a whole lot of what I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And same thing for my father. So why can't we take those same instances and understand that as public people, people are going to say things. There are people that have said to me, why am I having this conversation? It didn't make sense to them. Yeah. And even after I explained why I was doing it, it still didn't make sense to them. But the one thing that I learned in my almost 60 years of life is that when you really go back to what I said, when you realize that people are going to do what they want to do, there's yeah. a different type of peace that you get in your, you have in your life. So it, it, support is wonderful, but that peace is still something that you have to have before the support. And yeah. Well, you know, when you're talking about the people, and I'm sorry that you're getting that type of backlash. Because there's something that they're doing that I'm sure you wouldn't agree with either. Yeah. It's just that they don't have it on full display. Yeah. So it's, it's, I think that as a society, we need to realize that there's always going to be somebody you don't agree with. It doesn't mean that the agreement has to get to the point where it's disrespectful. Exactly. It's threatening or anything like that. Just disagree, but I think on both ends, we, I think on both ends, we don't handle it the best, Kaden. I think that because once somebody disagrees with you and they put it to you a certain way, then there's a threat that you can feel from that. And then on the other end, they're disagreeing you and agreeing with you in a way where they are threats. You know, if I don't agree with you, I just say, well, I don't agree with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. I don't agree. Yeah. But, it, but people are so litigious and so sensitive and so jelly-backed these days that you you can't even tell somebody that you don't agree with them without it being called hateful. You know? It, it, I absolutely agree with that, yeah. And, and that's where the conversation stops because one person decides this is what the conversation is and the other person is just having trying to have a conversation with something that you may not even agree with what they're saying, but have the yeah. conversation. You know, I, I ask sometimes, 
if your child told you something, for instance, and this is different, not trying to get off the subject, but if your child said to you, look, mom, dad, you need to change this, would you really listen or would you get mad about it? And I think a lot of times in conversations, we get mad. We are. So let me ask you this one last question. Yeah. You've done a lot. You've seen a lot. You've been through a lot and you're still going. If you could relive one day in your life, you couldn't change it. Just relive it again. What day would that be for you, Caden, and why? Oh my gosh. You know, I have to say the first thing that comes to mind is the day, and this is just in January, that I had top surgery. It was the first, it was prior to doing a lot of other things, and it was the first time I got out of surgery and I felt fantastic. It was really bizarre that I, I did not hurt at all. I was in no pain, and I couldn't believe how good I felt, and I came home and I looked at my flat chest under the bandages, and I was just dancing around the room, like half naked. <laughs> I was like, this is the best day of my life. And I wouldn't change it. It was beautiful. And it was probably one of the, because one of the worst days of my life was when I turned 15 or 14 or 15 and I got boobs. You know, I had puberty and they just came overnight and they were huge. And I just remember how terrible that was. And it was 30 years I lived with them. So that day that I was able to remove them, it was glorious. I felt more joy. I felt more myself. I felt more me and happy than I had ever felt, probably than I could ever remember in my entire life. So mm-hmm. that that would be the day that I would relive. I just remember it was such a glory. And I remember being like, oh, yeah, it's going to happen. And there's such a relief when you finally get to go through with it and say, oh, it's done. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Do you think that uh, there's a certain age where it's too young? You know, I think that the, the, all the laws are in place where you you actually can't do anything transition-wise until you're 18. Um, and so I I'm think that ask, that's... I'm not asking yeah. about laws. I'm asking you. Do you think... No, no, no. But I, I agree with that. I agree with, I agree okay. with 18. Because I remember when I was 18, I mean, I was 15, and I wish I could have, I was very smart, very intelligent. I probably could have made the decision back then. But I think at 18, um, that is a good age where you've gone through high school, you're ready to go out in the world and really make those decisions for yourself. Um, uh, so I think, I, I know a lot of kids that know much younger, but I think for big surgeries, that 18 is a pretty good number. All yeah. right. Well... That's all the questions that I have for you. I appreciate the conversation. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You have a great day. <laughs> I love you. Take care now. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Behind the Labels, a label-free podcast premium production. We hope this conversation has reminded you of the power of your voice and the importance of taking the best steps to live a more fulfilled life. Make sure you like, follow, comment, and share. And for more content, check out the Label Free Podcast with our fabulous host, Deanna. And remember, we all have choices. We all have goals. 
We all make mistakes, but it doesn't have to be behind a label.